Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, Simplify. Our big idea today is cooperate with God through every life season. We're going to spend time in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Enjoy and thanks for listening. In this song by the birds and in this paragraph of scripture, which is really what it is, we're introduced to an ancient king by the name of Solomon. And he is the author. He is the one who came up with these words that describe the turning seasons of our lives, which is what we want to discuss today. But before we do that, who is this Solomon? Who is this guy, right? Is he an actual real person or is he just part of some fake storyline? Well, here's what we need to know about this King Solomon. He's a real historical person. He actually lived. He was the third king in the Israelite monarchy, actually. There was Saul. He was the very first king. And then there was David, who's actually Solomon's father. And then there was Solomon. So Saul, David, and then Solomon. Solomon is actually the son of David and Bathsheba, which is a tremendous side story of God's forgiveness and redemption and restoration. And Solomon is a byproduct of that, and he's a real historical person. He was a king of Israel. There was Saul, and then David, and then Solomon. Solomon reigned as a king in approximately 960 B.C., if you're interested in that kind of a thing. And his name is very interesting. Many scholars believe that the name Solomon actually comes from the Hebrew word shalom, which means peace. And this is a word we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we shared that God wants all of us to live in shalom. He wants all of us to experience his peace. And it can be said that Solomon actually entered in a time and a season of peace in Israel. That's very accurate and fair to say. But there are other scholars who believe that his name actually comes from the Hebrew word shalem, which means to repair or to restore. Again, when you look at and when you investigate the life of this ancient king, you understand and you come to see that he was a restorer. That's exactly what he did. He ushered in a time of peace and he ushered in a time of restoration. That's Solomon. He's a real person. History tells us that Solomon became king somewhere between the ages of 16 and 18 years old. He's a really young guy. There's also something else kind of fascinating about Solomon. And that is that there are three things that describe his time and his reign. And these three things are interesting because I think any political leader would love for this to be said of them. If they could accomplish this, they would have a lot of fans and they would be very popular. So here's the three things that happened under Solomon's reign. It was marked by great material prosperity. People had a lot of stuff as a result of Solomon and his leadership. There was also great intellectual activity. People were thinking in big ways because they were kind of free to do that under his reign. And then it was also marked by commercial expansion. 
So material prosperity, intellectual activity, and commercial expansion. This is the description of the time when Solomon lived. Things were great. Some have said that Solomon is probably the wisest and the richest man maybe to ever have lived. Not just in this era and in this time frame when these things were recorded for us, but maybe ever. One of the wisest, richest men to ever live. And we actually find these words in 1 King chapter 10 that, that describe a little bit of his reign. It says this in verse 23, So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on earth. And people from every nation came to consult him and to hear the wisdom God had given him. That's a key phrase right there. The wisdom that Solomon had was given to him by God, and other people recognized that. They knew that, and so they came from all over the place to hear what Solomon had to say. Verse 25. Year after year, everyone who visited brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. It's fair to say that this wise, rich man ushered in the golden era of Jewish history. Things were really great. So let's do this today. From this wise, ancient king, Let's listen to what he has to say about the turning seasons of our lives and the changes that we experience. Because I think one of his greatest contributions are the words that we're going to hear today that describe for us how things do change. And when we get this and when we understand the different seasons of life, I think we have the ability to simplify and that's been our theme all summer long. How can we simplify our lives? How should we do that? And God has a lot to say about this. And so today, we're going to look at the words of a very wise man, some ancient words that were penned a long time ago that I think are going to help us understand the changing seasons around us and how we can interact with that in such a way that we can simplify our lives. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You can also scan the QR code in your program, and that'll bring up all of our notes and all of our scripture for today. If you take your Bible and you open it up to approximately the middle section, you'll find a book called Psalms. Many of the Psalms that are recorded here were written by King David. That's Solomon's dad. That's his father. And if you turn to the right a little bit, eventually you'll find the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings. Many of these wise sayings were written by Solomon himself. That's our guy. And then if you keep turning to the right, eventually you'll bump into Ecclesiastes and chapter 3 is our paragraph for today. Now, before we jump into that paragraph, I want to share our big idea, and here it is. Cooperate with God through every life season. And this is what we want to consider, that it is possible, and I believe it's a reality, that we can cooperate with God through every life season that we experience. Whether we're enjoying it or not, 
we can cooperate with God. And what we find in the book of Ecclesiastes is really a formula for doing that. There's something unique that these verses call us to do. They actually call for change. Or they bring up the fact that things do indeed change around us. And we get this, right? This is not new information. We know that things do not remain the same. Stuff changes around us. But there's something else unique that these verses call us to do. I think they challenge us to actually look at life through the landscape of eternity. We've got to have this long view of life. And when we do that, and when we understand these seasons, we can simplify. I want to share three thinking points with you just to keep us moving here. And these thinking points are really based on our big idea of cooperating with God through every life season. So number one, when we view our lives as a string of random days only connected by a calendar, it's very easy to overlook the active movement of God. If we just see it as a day, If we just see it as an event on the calendar, I think it is very easy to overlook what God might be doing because it's just a day. It's just another thing. It's just another event, and we won't see the connection. Secondly, our ability to identify the seasons of our lives increases our ability to cooperate with God because all of a sudden, here's what happens. I want you to see this. When we begin to cooperate with God, we see his hand. We see his help. We see his guidance. We see his direction. And it becomes easier, not necessarily easy, but it becomes easier to cooperate with what God is doing when we actually see his guidance and his help. Which brings us to thought number three, and that is right now you're in a season that will end. And then there will be another season. And then there will be another season. And so I think this is a fair place just to stop and for all of us to contemplate. What season of life am I in right now? What does that look like for me? And it's going to be different for each and every one of us in here. But we're all in a season And that season will end, and then there will be another one. I think we all have a baseline understanding of this. Let me share some examples. We have some students in the room, some 6th through 12th grade students, and some college students as well. That's a season. And eventually you will accomplish, and you will succeed, and you will move on from that season into another one. But if you're a student right now of any kind, that is a season. Maybe you have just taken your first big job. Or maybe you've made a transition into a better job recently. That's a season. Or maybe you just got married. Or perhaps you had your first child. That is a season. Sometimes we can pick up on the seasons that people are walking through based on the cues that they give us, the things that they say. Like, have you ever heard someone say, I have three toddlers at home right now, and I'm exhausted. That's a season. Or sometimes you hear people say, I have three teenagers in my house right now. That's a season. 
Recently, with all of the movement and people going back to college, there are people saying, I don't have anyone in my house anymore. Everyone is in college or even beyond that. We're empty nesters now. That's a season. Perhaps you have heard people say, I have just accepted some tremendously deep and heavy responsibility at work right now. And you can know, based on what they're saying, oh, that is a season of their life. Sometimes you hear people say, you know what, I am one or two years away from retirement, and I can't wait. That's a season. Sometimes you hear people say, you know, my mom or my dad, they're in hospice right now. That's a season. And here's the thing about seasons. Sometimes we love them. And they are amazing and great and they're fulfilling and they bring us great, great joy. And we never want that season to end. We just hope that it continues for a very long time. Sometimes we love the season of life that we're in. And then there are those seasons that just break us down, bring us to our knees, and they fill us with tears and we wonder if we'll ever get to the other side and be able to enjoy life again. It's important to know that these are all just seasons. And whether it's a good season or a rough season, it will end at some point. I believe it's what we do in the middle of the season that helps us to simplify life. And so what I want to do is I want to go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. These words have been sung for us, but we're going to read through it again. And I don't have time to look at each and every word and each phrase But we're going to read through this. I'll provide some commentary. And then there's a couple of phrases that I want to dig into a little bit deeper. So here's what we find in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill, and this is speaking judiciously here. It's not talking about murder. We're never given a green light for that ever. But there is a time for judicious killing, and we see that throughout Scripture. There's a time to kill, and there's also a time to heal. There is a time to tear down. It's a very interesting phrase. Solomon's probably thinking about his beloved city right now. Remember, I talked about his name is derived from the words shalom and probably shalem, which, again, is peace and restoration and repair, and that's exactly what happened under Solomon. Jerusalem was glorious and beautiful. It was a bright light. It was a major city. It was a major player. There was nothing like it in the world. But yet it wasn't always that way. There was a time when Jerusalem was broken down by enemies that came in and destroyed it because they knew that a destroyed Jerusalem meant that God's glory would not reign. So they knocked it down, and Solomon heard those stories. He knew all about that. And so he's probably thinking about how, boy, there was a time when this city was broken down, and it was not good. It was torn down. And there's actually a time for that because good came out of that. 
So there is a time to tear down and there's a time to build up, like what happened in the book of Nehemiah. Tremendous story about how people came back to the city and said, this is a disgrace. We're going to rebuild it again. And so they got together and they worked as families and they worked as fellow countrymen and women and they built the walls and Jerusalem was restored. And so Solomon's recognizing some great history here. There is a time to tear down, but there's also a time to build up. Verse 4, two phrases that are very similar. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. There is a time or there is a season to grieve, is what it's saying. And there is also a time or there is a season to dance. Let's think about that phrase for a moment. Let me ask you. Would you say that you're in a season of grieving right now? Has loss entered into your life? Maybe it's the loss of a loved one or a family member or a friend. Maybe it's the loss of a job or the loss of your home or the loss of your marriage. Or maybe there is just loss surrounding you everywhere and you feel yourself grieving. Are you in a season of grief and mourning? If that's the case, then grieve, mourn. If loss is everywhere, give yourself permission to mourn that. And there's no right way to do it. You just have to enter into that season and truly mourn. Because if you don't do that, you may have a hard time finding and then enjoying the next season in front of you. So if you are experiencing any kind of loss right now, whatever that may look like, whatever that may feel like, grieve and mourn. And let me encourage you to do this. Invite someone to join you as you mourn and as you grieve so they can lift you up and help you through this season in your life. Bill Hybels, an author, says it this way, if you just stay home, you will deny yourself the possibility that someone can shoulder your grief with you. Remaining isolated only augments your feelings of loss. By coming into a gathering of friends, you give God room to inject a little hope into your equation. And that's from his book, Simplify, which we have based our summer series on. If you're walking through a season of grief, grieve, enter in, and invite people to join you so they can breathe a little bit of hope into whatever is happening there. And for all of us, if you know of someone who is grieving right now, join them. Don't neglect them. Don't push away from them. Join them in their grief. We don't tend to do very well at that. Sometimes you see people walking through loss and grief. and I don't want anything to do with that. It might rub off on me. And I don't need that, and I don't want that, and I'm not looking for that. But yet what we find in Scripture is that we're called to join people and cry with them. And so if you've got somebody in your world walking through a season of grief, don't neglect them, don't ignore them, join them and cry together. In a season of grief, that's okay. Know that it's a season, and you need to give yourself permission to grieve and mourn. 
and open yourself up to other people. Uh, it's good to know that Solomon doesn't stop there, though, because in that very same phrase, he says that there is a time or there is a season for dancing. You have a reason to dance? Well, that's good, too. Get out on the dance floor and dance. Get accepted into the college of your choice. That's a great thing. Enjoy that. Dance. Make a great deal at work and people are happy for you and proud of your accomplishments. That's a season of dancing. Perhaps someone in your world or maybe even you yourself have made a great spiritual decision. That's a season for dancing. What about this one? The Eagles win the Super Bowl. That's a season of dancing, isn't it? And some of you just woke up again, so welcome back. Good to hear you again. I think it's fair to say that in your lifetime, you will experience seasons of dancing. Don't miss the opportunity to get out on the floor and dance because that is your time. Don't let it slip by. Think about it this way. God, by his very nature, is joyful and celebratory. He is. And you see God celebrating and having joy over and over and over again in the pages of Scripture. By his very nature, that's who he is. And he gives us full permission to enjoy life. So if you have a reason to dance, dance. And I will say, if someone is dancing next to you and you're not happy about that, get over it. And join them on the dance floor because we should not cry alone Neither should we dance alone. So guess what? There is a time. There is a season for dancing. And there is also a time and a season for mourning. Well, what else does Solomon say here? Look at verse 5. He says there is a time to scatter stones, which is probably a reference to clearing out a garden area for planting. And there's also time to gather stones for building. There's a time to embrace and a time to turn away from embracing. There's a time to search and a time to quit searching. This next phrase here is for all of you who love to organize. There's a time to keep. And yes, there is a time to throw junk away. I added junk. (laughs) Verse 7, there is a time to fear. Uh, I'm sorry, a time to tear, which actually this has the idea of tearing garments in grief. Uh, Somebody who's walked through a very difficult time, what they did in this culture is that they would rend, they would tear their clothes. And so there is a time to tear, to rip garments, and there's also a time to mend or a time to sew. There is a time to be quiet and a time to speak. There's a season for being quiet And there's also a season for speaking. Let's dig a little deeper into that. I think it's becoming increasingly more challenging to hear the voice of God speaking directly to us because we never stop talking. At least I know I don't. Never stop talking. And there's all of this noise and all of this chaos, and we never give ourselves time to get silent And hear the voice of God speak to us through his word. And so the question today is how, when, and where are you getting quiet enough 
that you're not talking and you're shutting out the chaos and putting away calendars and stuff so that you can distinctly hear the voice of God speaking to you through his word. There is a time for that. There is a time for silence. And this is where God builds and fills us and rejuvenates us. And that is part of simplifying life. But how, when, and where are we actually implementing that in our lives? This is a challenge that we all need to consider. And we need to implement, we need to think through this. How, when, and where. There is a time to be silent. God can just whisper great things to us. But we balance that with the fact that there is also a time to speak. And sometimes I wonder if we don't speak up enough about what God has done and what God is doing in and through us. Perhaps God has done something amazing in our lives and we're filled with joy about that and we're leaning and pressing into that and we want to share that with someone and maybe we have the opportunity to share that with someone in our world who is really not that crazy about God. They're just not there for whatever reason. But yet God has stirred in us and we're wanting to share that, but yet we fear the response, and so we remain silent. Or maybe we see an injustice. Like, well, that is just wrong, and I want to speak up about that. But yet we fear it is not in step with culture, and it's not in the flow of what's happening around us, and so we're silent. By the way, the longer we walk with Christ, the more out of step with culture we will become. It just happens. But we're silent. Or maybe we have the opportunity to speak and invite someone to join us at church, but yet we answer for them and say, they're not going to like it, they're not going to respond well, they're not going to want to be there, and so we are silent. When we should enter into a season of speaking. So there is a time... There is a season for silence where we pick our place and our spot and our plan and we just get quiet before God and we allow him to speak to us through his word. But there is also a time for speaking. Verse 8 says this. uh, There's a time to love and a time to hate. And the idea of hate here is that it's about hating sin and its consequences. We're never given permission to hate people, never. So this is about sin and its consequences, and there is a time to be aggravated with that. And then he wraps this up by saying in verse 9, there is a time for war and a time for peace. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Not words invented by the birds, but words invented by an ancient king who has given these words through the wisdom of God, and we now get the opportunity to consider them and the turning seasons of our lives. Let me share some takeaways with you. Number one, identify your current season. Really encourage you to think through that. What season are you in right now? And again, it's going to be different for all of us, but you need to consider that and put language to that. What is the season that you're walking through at this time? And then secondly, ask, what does God want to teach me? Because I believe through every season, God has something that he wants to teach us. There are ways that he wants to grow us. 
There are opportunities for him to mature us, but we've got to lean into this, and we've got to ask, what does God want for me in this season? I think we can miss out on that, and we don't want to do that, so we've got to ask, what does God want for me right now? And then thirdly, be fully in your season, even if you don't like it, and even if you don't want it. Be fully in your season, and know that's where God intends for you to be. And then prepare for the next season and discovering and meeting God right there. So name your season. Ask, what does God want to teach me? And then be fully in your season as you prepare for the next and meeting God right there. For those who are walking through a really difficult season right now, and you don't enjoy it and you can't wait for it to end, but yet it doesn't seem to be coming to an end, or maybe you have even experienced season after season of loss, and you just can't seem to find a win. And you're broken and hurt and frustrated and perhaps even ready to walk away from God. I'm glad that you're here. Because I want to say this to you, there is no easy solution for that. There is no easy answer. There's no pixie dust that you can sprinkle on that to make it better. I would encourage you to dig deep one more time and figure out what's the next right thing that God wants me to do. Even though I have this pain and frustration, I've been walking through all kinds of loss, what's the next right thing that God wants for me? Because long-term obedience in the same direction works all of the time. And so let's identify that next right thing, and let's just determine that we're going to walk with God and have long-term obedience, and we're going to cooperate with God through every life season. Father, we're just so thankful for these words that are found here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. This is a fascinating book in the Bible, and there's so much here, so much information. God, we've talked today about turning seasons. And I pray that you'd help each and every one of us here just to think about whatever season we may be walking through right now. God, we're all in one. And we need to identify that, put language to it. We need to ask what you want to teach us, and then we need to be fully in that season. So, God, I pray that you would help me, and I pray that you'd help every person here to walk through the exercise of this, knowing that when we know our season, when we learn in it, and when we're fully in it, this really can simplify our lives, which is what we want, and I think it's what you want for us. So, God, give us a a great week of thinking about this and considering what you want for us. God, I want to specifically pray for that person or persons here who may be really in the thick of it right now. And they're just overwhelmed with a very tough season. And they're about to burst. Just give up. Walk away. God, I pray that they would be able to see your hand and your movement and your guidance. And may they reach out one more time for your love and for your compassion and do the next right thing and be fully in the season and cooperate with you during this time. God, help us to live this out. It's not always an easy thing, but help us to live it out And again, we're thankful for the words of Solomon 
So many years ago, you gave him insights. He recorded them for us, and we can enjoy them today. Help us to live it out and to cooperate with you through our life season. We do pray this now in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 915 or 11 a.m.